We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, keeping you company on 88.7 FM. You're listening to Kilkenny Today with Morris O'Connor on Community Radio, KilkennyCity.ie. Welcome to today's Kilkenny Today. Lovely to be back with you again. I was beginning to wonder this morning when I was looking at an area this afternoon when I was looking out the window at home, was that rain ever going to stop? Um, we'll check in and see what Matt Aaron are telling us about the weather for the weekend, anyway, later on. Today is warm, is what they said, right? As long as they told us about the rain. Again, as I always say about the weather, it's just going to have to grin and bear it, put up with it and get on with it. Um, lovely to have you be with us again. Anyway, today, I'm delighted to be back. Um, today's show, later on, we're going to be hearing from uh, two guys who are music educators, Anthony Donnelly and Mark Colbert. Uh, both, as I found out, dubs, uh, but both haven't moved recently to Kilkenny, so fair dues. The more dubs down here, the better. Um, wait till you get the reaction to that. Anyway, um, they're music educators. They're working with Music Generation Kilkenny, and we'll be hearing... I caught up with them earlier on today. We'll be hearing about the Music Generation programme for uh, summer activities, summer camps and workshops over the next few weeks um, of August. Of course, today being the last day of July as well, there's another shocking realisation earlier on the day. Where's the year going? Uh, anyway, uh, in the middle of the show as well, we'll be hearing about uh, a new service from a company called Healthwave where they're kind of responding to the age-old problem for people who are on multiple medications and keeping track of those medications and uh, doing giving themselves the right medication at the right time of day. And that can be a very complicated task for both people themselves and their carers. So we'll be hearing from our colleagues in Near FM who had a chat with somebody from Healthwave about that. And uh, as I said, we take the weather as well. No parish news today, but we will get back to that as soon as we possibly can. But to, to start off I want to go back to something that um, our own local minister for um, heritage and electoral reform Malcolm Noonan TD from the Green Party of course um, put out um, some thoughts I think through the media earlier on in the week around the possibility of living along the riverside in Kilkenny City in boats. Uh, it might have followed on from an issue he was trying to deal with around um, uh, liverboard boats in Dublin um, and he's probably started thinking of his hometown and the walls of the river and all of that but um, Malcolm isn't with us today um, I think he's just finishing business in the Dáil or maybe on his way home here to Kilkenny but joining us to chat about the idea in general uh, I'm delighted to be joined by Alan Kelly who's the President of the Inland Waterways Association of Ireland so uh, good afternoon Alan, how are you? Good afternoon Morris and thanks very much for the invite to come on the show today You're very welcome um, I don't know whether you saw um, Malcolm Noonan's um, press release or piece in, in the media around how he was kind of, it sounded like as if a bit of, you know, speculating without having, or, and kind of thinking and dreaming without having thought through it too much. But as much to start off with, um, you're, you're obviously big into boating yourself, but from your, your own boating activity, like, are you familiar with the Noor and about the part of the Noor that Malcolm Noonan might have been talking about? Um, the, with... Inland boating with the IWAI, um, unfortunately, the, the furthest that we can travel um, from any part of the country on the River Nore is to Inishtig. 
um, the river is tidal as far as Inishtig. Many of your listeners will, will yeah, know that. Yeah. So you can come um, up from near us. That's it, yeah. yeah. Um, and, I've, and I've done that trip several times myself, travelling from Kildare, where I would keep my boat on the Grand Canal um, in, the, in the winter season. Um, and I've been down to Inishtig several times. It's an absolutely beautiful trip. Um, and and it's a you know it's a real hidden gem I think um, in in the inland waterways network. Yeah. So you, would you would you come down the Barrow then from the canal? That's, that's correct. Yeah, all the way down the um, the Barrow navigation, which is a, a canal and river, um, and we would travel through the sea lock at St Mullins, um, and then head down the Barrow Estuary, and just above New Ross, we'd make a turn. Um, onto the the north, um, and we can make Inishtig on a single tide if we, if we get our timings right. Right, sounds lovely. Sounds like a lovely trip. Yeah, absolutely lovely. But it does actually raise, I suppose, the first practical question about um, Malcolm's idea. And, and as I say, at a, at a high level, it kind of sounds like a really romantic kind of thing to have boats up and down uh, on the river, or at least moored up and down the river. But the first obvious question is, seeing that it's not navigable either upstream from Inishtig or indeed downstream from anywhere, as far as I know, uh, how are boats be supposed to get there? Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? And, and you know, that romanticism and water go very close hand in hand. They do. Um, it, it's, it's great, though, to see some um, kind of fresh and progressive thinking, even if it is a, a little bit dreamy, there's, there's no harm in that. But I suppose to, to answer your question as best I can, um, in order to have a stretch of river navigable, there needs to be sufficient depth. So you're looking at fairly serious capital investment with regards to dredging um, to, to make sure that there would be a channel there um, to cater for boats that might be up to a metre and a half um, in draft, which is mm. the, the depth below the waterline. Yeah, I think there's about three metres in the middle of the city and I think Malcolm was probably thinking of, if you're familiar with the centre of Kilkenny, um, the walled part of the river, particularly um, from, from our Greens Bridge down to uh, to around about the castle or thereabouts, um, which is, so it has plenty of water. But is, is it even feasible to, say, take a, a boat big enough for somebody to live in, which are often barges from what I've seen, take it by road and drop it in with a crane, or would that be incredibly expensive? Um, well, the, the crane hire, there, there would be a, a, a cost there, but quite a number of individuals have done them, even on the canals um, elsewhere on the Irish Inland Network, and sometimes um, on the Shannon, you would have people bring in boats from the UK, um, and they'd carry them over, and they'd be, they'd be trailered and craned in. So, you know, if, if people are passionate about the, the type of lifestyle that they're, that they're setting themselves up for, you know, they don't, they don't seem to mind a little bit of cost involved. Yeah, a little, well, mind you, it sounds like as if it might be a lot more than a, a little, but anyway, it'd uh, be interesting, I suppose, if somebody might need to, yeah, get attached or enthused by the romanticism of the idea and actually go for it. I suppose one of, one of the other things they would come up against is, um, like, who would, down here, who would actually make a decision around, one, whether or not that putting a boat on the river permanently like that in the, in the middle of the city would even be allowable and second of all um, like who'd regulate the terms and conditions on, on under which it would be there I would I would think that you'd be looking at the, um, at, the at the county council initially um, who would who would to the best of my knowledge have control um, of of the waters and, and how they're used um, in the city area in, in Kilkenny um, 
But it's it's a difficult question, really, Morris, because across the country, there's not a huge amount in the way of concrete regulation around living aboard a vessel. It has mm. been happening for years and years, um, but we're we're kind of playing catch up a little bit with that um, at the moment. Um, your listeners may be aware that Waterways Ireland would be the would be the, the main body in charge of inland navigable waterways in Ireland, about a thousand kilometres um, of waterways north and south of of, um, of, of Ireland. Mm. Um, and, you know, they, they would set the regulations, but we as, a, as an advocacy body, um, the, the IWAI, we would work closely with Waterways Ireland to, to get a, a set of rules and regulations that would work well for people. So I, I would think that if this plan were, were to come to fruition, whether it was on a on a basis of boats being able to navigate in the area or even just um, a, a community living on the water, um, that the, the 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 remit would fall to the, the county council. Yeah, I'd expect actually that's the latter, that it's uh, what Malcolm would be kind of thinking of in uh, in, in speculating around it, it's the idea of a, a small kind of water-based community living there and not so much the navigation up and down because it's very short distance really and there's uh, there's no canals really on the on the nor as you know yourself yeah. and nowhere that you can go really north of Inishtig which is a shame and in fact like there was uh, obviously lots, lots of people will know the canal walk down here in the middle of town and it was originally intended that canal would be built all the way down I think um, possibly even down as far as Inishtig on the river but a um, long long time ago that work stopped and we're left with lovely walkway along the river but no no canal um, and the, I suppose the other aspect of things um, that you'd obviously be very familiar with in terms of living, uh, living aboard and uh, beside or permanently moored somewhere. Obvious things like power and water and um, waste disposal, and I suppose in particular, uh, how how does like for people who are currently living on aboard in places around Dublin or elsewhere in the country, how is something as practical as sewage disposal worked out? Generally, um, on the on the network um, elsewhere in the country, you would have. Um, pump out stations at various locations, um, usually close to urban centres. Um, there's, there's a bit of a shortage of them, so boats would have to travel. Um, the boats themselves would carry a holding tank or a, or a grey water or black water tank. And when that's full, um, it's, it's, it's like a big vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. Um, and it being Friday and, and uh, bank holiday weekends, we'll... We keep the detail to a minimum, but that's effectively how it would be discharged and then into um, a, a big um, septic tank and then collection for, for know, it's important. It's important to talk about the practicalities. I don't think our listeners... Oh, well, hopefully there's nobody to, uh, too... Uh, sensitive and of delicate disposition <laughs> that they can't uh, they can't deal with the conversation about how sewage from a boat will be dealt with. Um, you you mentioned the pump out stations reminded me actually I d- we did and uh, my family and I after a long term promising ourselves we did rent a boat on the Shannon and that was one of the things or else you could find in certain places where there was fuel and and or maybe a pump out station. But so that's presumably something that would have to be put in on a permanent basis down along the river. Uh, given again that there's no real navigability uh, apart from a very short distance up and downstream here in the Nor in the middle of Kilkenny um, and, and I presume something else as well you'd have some other infrastructure like a, a floating pontoon or something so people could easily and kind of safely get on and off their boats and have Correct. guests and all the rest yeah, you'd have all sorts of considerations you'd, ha- you'd have to have um, proper proper mooring um, pro- probably a secure area um waste disposal as well, just general waste disposal would, would also need to be considered. So I suppose that would go into the 
into the planning side of of um of any kind of development that that might that might happen in the area. Yeah, are, are you aware of it? Like just talking about the general development of the the uh, waterways infrastructure in in general, but n- not specifically just for um, living aboard and being permanently located somewhere or more or less permanently. Is there much development going on at the moment of the waterways as a as a resource? be it either for, for tourism and travel or indeed um, for living aboard somewhere? Well, I think I think the big drive in recent years has been greenways and, and blueways, certainly on the Waterways Ireland navigations um, and also linking in with the various local authorities um, and communities in, in different parts of the country. So using the canal towpaths, for example, all the way from Dublin um to uh, Condra in County Longford on the Royal Canal um, and there's a similar project underway on the Grand Canal um, and then there's all sorts of kind of plans for looped walks and, and cycle tracks and so on and that in turn brings an impetus for um, investment from, from SMEs which I think is important um, because it brings the communities and the business community in particular um, it brings their attention to the waterways and the potential and um, that they that they can they, they can get for for um, for tourism etc from those waterways yeah. you mentioned um, uh, earlier on in the conversation and it talked to Alan Kelly listeners president of the inland waterways association of ireland alan you mentioned that um, the inland waterways association was an advocacy body is that your primary thing um yes it, it there's, there would always be an aspect um the the association kind of goes through phases established in 1954 um, it was established because there was a plan at the time to put fixed span bridges across the River Shannon. Now if, if you could imagine if that had happened and um, that, that you had fixed um, concrete bridges with a, with, a, with a restricted air draft there wouldn't be any boat based tourism on the River Shannon at all and, and if you look at the, the, um, the, the amount of cruiser traffic and higher boat traffic and private boat traffic that there is on the River Shannon now um, it, it would have been a mistake but, but had it not been for the IWAI um, that mistake would have, would have gone ahead um, but as an association then we would um, we would run events we would run um, gatherings rallies where there's no real speed involved kind of more like boat handling courses and mm-hmm. so on um, at, at various different locations, different times of the year across the country. And is it is it kind of all aspects of boating? I know we, this conversation has really been talking about larger boats and barges and the likes in terms of the, anything that's possible to live aboard, but with the, the kind of advocacy work you do and the educational stuff um, and events you run, do, do you cater for or take into account the needs of kind of small boat owners or kayaks and canoes and all those other kind of water users or even small, uh, small boat um, fishing? Absolutely, we would be a, a catch-on organisation. We have um, we have a branch, um, a non-geographical branch called the Powerboat Branch. So they would use small ribs and um, jet skis um, on various different outings, and some of those would be would be coastal, um, just because the the, the vessels are, are suited to those conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, but we would have an awful lot of links with communities. And we had would have a lot of members who would be into various different types of water sports. So, um, absolutely, we would we'd be open to any kind of water use, and and the same with angling also.
Yeah. Well, I suppose if there's to be any um, mileage or legs to be attached to um, Malcolm's streaming or suggestions that were, that were reported in the local uh, Kenny people here earlier in the week, um, perhaps you'd need somebody like yourself to come down here, to, uh, spend a bit of time wandering up and down the, the banks of the river in around the city centre and go back and give him a, a kind of a realistic sense of what might need to be done or how to go about um, progressing the idea if it was to, as I say, if it was to take legs. I'm sure he'd be delighted to hear from you. Absolutely, yeah. No, that's a, it. Sounds like a lovely idea, and, and we we have a very strong working relationship with the with the various regulatory bodies, Waterways Ireland, with the with the Department of Heritage as well, um, and and the local councils um, that uh, have waterways running through them. And it's also encouraging, I think, as well, that there you know there are businesses um, establishing small businesses establishing on the waterways, and one that that you are, are um, I'm sure, aware of in the centre of the city, um, boattrips.ie have a have a, a base in Kilkenny as well as Leash, Carlow and Kildare. Yeah, yeah, I think we've seen them. They moored the boat there outside the uh, River Court Hotel on, on the wall and they go up and down the river um, to yeah give a kind of a river water-based tour of the city and look at Absolutely. it from, from the water. It's uh, short enough, I suppose, because, the, again, the restrictions on how navigable the river is uh, up and down either side of the centre of the city. Um, but it's there anyway, and uh, fair to them for doing that. I don't think they've appeared back on the water yet this year, but then given the current circumstances, maybe that's not surprising. Just just trying to, just getting getting ready to open up again, I think, was, was yeah. the last I heard. But, you know, it's a, it's a fantastic experience. I'm I'm from Dublin, as you as you might gather. Oh, I can, yeah. Can I recognise the accent? <laughs> you and me, bro. And I've had, um, I've, I've been into to, uh, Dublin City on my own boat on numerous occasions, and, you know, born and bred in, in the city, but then when you're on the Liffey and you're going under the bridges and you're looking up and seeing from a different perspective, um, it, it is quite incredible. Oh, so I, I would encourage anyone to, if, if the opportunity uh, presents itself, to, to get on the water and experience your, your home place um, from the water. It really is something that you yes, won't forget. Uh, it's on or it is. It's such a different experience. I mean, I, I used to do a lot of sailing around the coast when I was younger, and I promised myself a uh, waterways, inland waterways holiday for a long, long, long time. Myself and my family, we took it last September, and absolutely loved it. And um, you're right about. I can see exactly what you mean about um, the bridges, and there's so many lifting bridges up and down there that you could really extend the the, the possibilities up and down the Shannon. Anyway, it was amazing, and I'd love to love to do it again. Uh, just one last question for you, then, Alan. In, in current circumstances as well, um, we've been all encouraged to staycation. Does that mean the inland waterways are jam packed with Irish people uh, and taking the place of? Uh, uh, which which I certainly saw quite a lot of um, non-Irish tourists coming in and right, renting boats and stuff. Yeah, it's um, the last month on the River Shannon has been um, the, the hire boat companies have been pretty much booked solid and there would be a lot of, of Irish tourists, a lot of first-time um, staycationers as well um, and, and our own members have, have just recently started getting out on their boats. Of course, our, our organised events calendar, which would run to maybe 200 events over the course of a year, um, has been pretty much suspended completely. But um, it is good to see that within the social distancing guidelines that we have issued ourselves, that people are still having a chance to get out on the water and, and get some much-needed, um, I suppose, uh, well-being um, regeneration because the you know the waterways are so therapeutic for that. Oh, absolutely. From what we've yeah. just been through, 
um, I, I, I think it's it's a, it's a welcome break for people. Yeah, it's a lovely, lovely resource if people can uh, can afford it. It's it's brilliant. Anyway, lovely talking to you, Alan. Um, great to get get your perspective on uh, our own Minister Malcolm Noonan's uh, potential ideas. As I say, I don't know how far how, how much legs it will get, but anyway, it's great to have your kind of perspective on on the issues involved and the, the difficulties or the challenges that might have to be overcome if that were to be made a reality. Thanks for joining us, Alan, and have a great weekend and enjoy it if you're out in the water yourself this weekend. Um, enjoy. Thanks very much, Morris. Pleasure talking to you, and I'm sure we might talk again. Hopefully. Thanks a million, Alan. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was um, Alan Kelly, the president of the Inland Waterways Association of Ireland. So um, if Malcolm or anybody to do with him was, was listening in there, um, plenty of issues to be uh, addressed if the possibility of living alongside the riverside in Kilkenny City uh, could be actually turned into reality. I mean, it has a lovely sound to it, the idea, particularly with their linear park going along there and the skate park and, um, and you know, the general development of the Abbey Quarter and stuff and, and the fact that the, the uh, river is so n- nicely walled and well controlled uh, in its flow along through the centre of the city it would be a lovely addition I think I think anyway if it could be made work and uh, if it could be worked out with the council anyway it probably takes somebody to want to do it enough and have a boat ready to go to push things along with the council but maybe if Malcolm is interested he might be able to support as well anyway it's, it's 25 minutes nearly past 5 o'clock here on Kilkenny today on Community Radio Kilkenny City Morris O'Connor with you as usual about time we took an ad break and I'll be back after the ads with um, the weather We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. You're listening to Kilkenny Today with Morris O'Connor on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Welcome back, almost 29 minutes past five here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City. Now, uh, I mentioned at the top of the programme the uh, constant and recurring difficulties and challenges that people have uh, with giving themselves either, well, either themselves or their carers, making sure they get the right amounts of the medications that are being prescribed for them in the right sequence at the right times of day. Uh, and all of that, and um, the kind of getting over the, the potential fear of you know, the real fear, I suppose, of uh, making a mistake on it. And there's been lots of different approaches to try and do that. So people have started to, I suppose, do their own little bits of calendar organisation and um, putting things in little bags or boxes or egg boxes or whatever it happens to be. Um, all of which may well work for some. But uh, there's a company called Healthwave that have uh, come up with an idea called Pill Pods. And they're apparently a simpler way to get medications delivered. And our colleague, uh, Carl Fenlon in Near FM in the community radio station in North East Dublin, spoke recently with Catherine McNicholas from healthwave.ie. Healthwave was established in 2013. Uh, it's an Irish pharmacy based in Dundrum, but it is different to what we would describe as a traditional pharmacy that you'd find on every high street and in every village. And we describe ourselves as a digital pharmacy, which means that we operate from one large base in Dundrum and we have our full clinical team working there. We'd have seven to eight pharmacists on site every day along with technicians and customer care. And we deliver all over the country. And how we do that then is by um, using all sorts of digital technology to aid us. So basically um, customers become members by signing up online and uh, it's kind of similar to something like Amazon Prime or something where you become a member of the club or of the service and by doing that then you have access to much cheaper medication and free delivery nationwide and then to access our pharmacists we use all sorts of digital platforms like uh, text messages, WhatsApp we do phone calls as well obviously and 
um, email and you can have your interactions with the pharmacist that way. So it's, it's basically, it is a, a pharmacy, um, a regulated pharmacy like any other pharmacy, but we just operate in a very different way. So this new service that you have coming out called Pill Pods, can you tell our listeners exactly what these are and what makes them so different compared to what's already out there? Yes, of course. So, um, as I mentioned, it's a fairly easy journey for a customer or a patient to become a member here at HealthWave. You just sign up online and um, you can have your prescription sent to us directly from your doctor via health mail or you can post your prescription into us and we do our consultation with you. But what happens next can sometimes be a problem for people, so their prescription will arrive out to them. And if you're a patient on three or more medications, sometimes it becomes confusing. So 65% of our customers will be on more than three medications. So you, you your packet arrives or your prescription arrives and you have upwards of three boxes, sometimes five, six, seven different boxes of medications. Uh, sometimes it's to be taken at different times of the day or whatever. So you you're, you take out your medicines in the morning, you open your boxes and did I take that one? I can't remember. Do I take it again? And you'll often find at the end of the month you'll have patients contacting you saying, I actually have three extra aspirin and I'm down two of my statin. And, you know, so something goes wrong. You don't all, you're not all sure. So we've introduced pill pods, which is a very um, simple system of medicine organization for you. And each little pod contains your specific medicine, tailor-made um, little pods of medicine that you take at each time of the day. So say, for example, today is Thursday morning, the 23rd. So if you were starting your medicine today, the first little pod that will come out of your pack on the roll would be Thursday morning, 23rd of July, and it would list the medicines in it. So you just tear off that little pod, take those medicines. If you take medicines um, at lunchtime and at night, then they will follow in a chronological order on the roll and it's all packed for you. So it's it's virtually impossible to miss medication or to have an error trying to sort your medication yourself. And you were saying as well there that a lot of people tend to generally forget sometimes to take their medication or again they could have a bit too much extra left over. So is this also kind of coming about to help cut down on unused medication absolutely so uh, there is no waste because it's all packed for date and time um, and you just follow the role of medication that you will get um, it's it's impossible to miss it's impossible to take too much and it's impossible to miss your dose um, so you're not wasting any med- any medication and um, you're adhering to your prescription correctly and by doing so as well, then it, it obviously has knock-on benefits for your health. So besides reducing waste, it has extra benefits for your health. I mean, statistically, people who use uh, medicine packing systems like this in other countries, your medical medicine adherence um, will go from about 58% up to 81%. That's a, that's a big improvement. And... You were saying that like other countries have it different than that, like especially with the automated service. So, has it cut down a lot of the time during like uh, dispensing and stuff while waiting around in a chemist? 
Yes, absolutely. So this is this these medicines are packed by a robot, basically a, a big machine, and it can pack the medicines at about ten times the rate you would do it humanly. And then we use um, a really sophisticated high resolution camera checker. So each roll of tablets is passed through the camera checker, and it's able to identify any thing that is any tablet or um, even down to uh, a dent in a tablet or something like that it, it just it will pick up any small error and that um, that that works to a much higher specification than any human could possibly do so again minimizing the risk of errors so increasing patient safety all the time and obviously then increasing capacity for us so our pharmacists have more time to spend interacting with customers or talking to them about you know, any changes in their medication, any help or assistance they need, that kind of thing. So you were saying there with the robot that it can minim- basically pinpoint any dents in the medication, find any kind of broken tablets as well. And Anything, anything it doesn't expect to be in that pouch. It knows what should be in there. And if, if anything doesn't look right, it flags it immediately on the system. And then they'd obviously get sent off for disposal it would be corrected and then dispatched so everything is is passed through this checker so each individual tablet is checked by the the camera checker and then it is verified then by the pharmacist using the software package and that's cloud-based so it actually can be done for from anywhere and so it, it like it's down the line but it's looking at something like uh a possibility of pharmacists working remotely or from home um, in time. Just the way things are changing now, it's an unusual um, angle, but it's something that could happen. So how can, you were saying earlier that people can sign up for this, and how would they go about that? Just go on to our website, which is www.healthwave.ie, and you can very simply sign up online there and become a member. Um once you do that, then our we can either interact with your doctor and receive your prescription via health mail, which is a new electronic form of prescription that's been introduced since COVID. Um, or if you want to transfer your prescription to us yourselves, we, we can arrange that also. And uh, then we, we set you up uh, with your pill pod system. It'll be dispatched to you then on a monthly basis. There you go. That's uh, answers one of the questions that I had anyway at the back of my mind as I was listening to that interview between Catherine McNichols of healthwave.ie and Carl Fenton. So thanks to Carl Fenlon, sorry, of Near FM, one of the community radio stations in Dublin for doing that. So it does seem as if maybe so maybe a service like that is available in, in Kilkenny, particularly if they're taking uh, the prescriptions, which I've seen in operation, all right, the prescriptions going from the doctor's surgery to the pharmacist by email and uh, um, they just add on the extra little bit of, I suppose, of dispatching it, taking it and uh, dealing with it electronically so there's no um, shop front or no street front uh, pharmacy to be involved. So an interesting kind of concept, particularly if they have a little way as well of um, with the, the pods as well of uh, organising the dosages in the right kind of sequence and quantities and all that, which probably, as I said, takes away another big risk area for people trying to manage multiple medications, which... Um, 
many people unfortunately with long-term chronic conditions and very difficult illnesses do have to try and deal with it apart from everything else so there you go that's an interesting i thought that was an interesting idea anyway i hope you did as well um now it's uh, just coming up to very close to 22.6 here on community radio kilkenny city morris o'connor with you as usual i'll be with you to the top of the hour of course as usual on the friday and then we'll have the angelus and the community diary and after that we'll have a kjolsikishtan replay with shahun okasaja and communities in action then um on between 7 and 8.30 with Paul Brophy and the team and then the big man himself, Seamus Brophy in between 8.30 and 10 and then um, taking you up to close of broadcasting today, John Marr will have new and old school dance classics. So plenty to look forward to here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. And then of course um, our own Nicholas de Brain on uh, Nicky Brennan will be back on to open proceedings for us tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock uh, with another Keol August Cora programme, which no doubt will have plenty of good uh, conversation and interesting stuff in there as usual from Nikki. Anyway, that's all coming up here on Community Radio Kilkenny City um, in the next while. But first of all, coming up here on the station, we do have to take another ad break. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. You're listening to Kilkenny Today with Morris O'Connor. Welcome back. Indeed you are. And it's now just coming up to quarter to six. Better get on with the show or else I'll run out of time with this last item. And it's a conversation I had earlier on this morning with uh, two gentlemen, uh, Anthony Donnelly and Mark Colbert from Music Generation. They're both music educators. Music Generation, of course, is Ireland's national music education programme transforming the lives of children and young people from zero to 18 through creating access to high-quality, subsidised vocal and instrumental tuition in their local areas. And it was initiated in 2010 by Music Network and it's co-funded by U2, the Ireland Funds and the Department of Education and Skills and local music education partnerships uh, led here anyway by Kilkenny and Carlo ETB in partnership with the County Council. So um, Mark uh, Colbert and Anthony Donnelly, as I said, are both music educators. They're involved in the Music Generation Kilkenny's summer programme that's uh, starting up next week. And just in advance of that, I spoke to them this morning. Welcome to Community Radio Kilkenny City. Anthony Donnelly and Mark Colbert, both of you music educators, I believe, with Music Generation in Kilkenny. It's great to have you with us. Thanks for uh, before we get into uh, what Music Generation is up to here in the summer programme and camps, um, lads, um, I- I'd be fascinated to hear, first of all, like what, are, what attracted both of you to Music Generation in the first place? Um, just for me personally, I guess, as a um, songwriter and music producer, um, it was just nice to uh, to uh, give back to young kids um, at, say, high school level. Because um, when I was in secondary school, um, I didn't really understand music theory. I never had piano lessons or anything like that from a young age, so I was more coming at it from a contemporary side. Um, so the only thing that was available was the more um, straight music classes that involved music theory and things like that. But it's nice to be able to come in uh, to it um, using something like uh, Music Generation from a more sort of hands-on contemporary side of things. I, I would have loved the opportunity to have uh, something like that when I was growing up. Yeah. So I guess that's why I wanted to take part in it. What about yourself, Mark? For me, um, on a selfish level, it was uh, purely looking to have some daytime work. That's <laughs> as a, fair as, enough. As, That's very as a gig musician, uh, you know, you get you get tired of, of being on the road and, and uh, you know driving around the country, etc. So there's a bit of that. But uh, you know, from a more um, from from a more holistic level, I suppose, um, it was yeah, just looking to give young people. 
um, the kind of music education that I wish I had when I was, you know, in mm. in school, uh, mm. and that you know I wasn't, you know, you're not kind of being having it beaten into you, and it was a bit, bit more, a um, bit more participatory and a bit more contemporary as well, I suppose. Yeah, well, I won't go into my history of piano lessons when I was a young lad and why I gave it up and all that, which you can imagine uh, back in that back in the day. Um, I, I presume both of you enjoy teaching. I know I was, I was speaking to we had as a guest on the show here a couple of weeks ago as a guy that you probably uh, both know very well, Jeremy Hickey, and we were talking both about his new album Chroma and about the, the bit of the teaching that he does. Um, he says he loves it. He gets a lot of kind of buzz out of it and feeds into his own creative process. Do, do the two of you share that kind of experience? Um, I think so, yeah. I think like uh, the enthusiasm that young people would have for music, um, it kind of um, feeds back into what you're doing yourself sometimes. And sometimes you forget all the things that you know, and it reminds you that like everybody needs to be brought along step by step. And it's just, um, I guess it's kind of uh, refreshing and rejuvenating in that sense. Mm. That's a real acid test of how much you understand something is how well you're able to explain it to somebody else, yes. really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I've 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 found that um, you know, especially since we moved into um, the online realm, um, you know, after just doing a few kind of in-person uh, classes, that um, being able to eloquently, you know, get across um, a concept or or some theories, you know, um, really. Uh, Really, um, what you say, exacerbated by the fact that you might have to do it in front of the camera, um, and and you're just constantly doing retakes and stuff because you're like, well, actually, I didn't really quite get that. I, you know, I'm even going back and even looking at, at theory again and going, okay, get it exactly right, so so we can uh, really communicate it. Properly. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, the kind of things that we talk about the camps now in a sec, but yeah, you're you're not going to be doing those kind of pre-recorded. They're going to be live, so you don't have the opportunity to do those multiple takes. It kind of uh, throws up the question of the advantages and disadvantages of having to do stuff online at all rather than face to face. Um, yeah, um, I think. Uh, there can be some advantages to us. I mean, um, it's nice, I guess. Um, well, there's a steep learning curve to kind of learning um, how to be able to teach in this way, I suppose, online. I had no experience of it before this all kind of kicked off. But um, it's interesting that I guess um, students can have access to, um, from the computer anyway, they have everything all available to them, uh, ready to pull up and they can move across platforms in that sense. There are certain opportunities and there may be certain uh, pitfalls, but... I guess that's just all part of the, the learning and the experience, I suppose. Mm. It's, uh, you know, you're not the only educators who've been trying to get to grips with this new online paradigm and way of teaching, all right, in the last few months. But uh, I, I would assume that it kind of one of the advantages must be that it offers much more wider kind of accessibility. You know, assuming people have the bit of broadband anyway, which is, of course is an issue in other places, particularly rurally here. But um, mm. yeah, it means it's a, yeah, it doesn't matter whether if you can't physically get to the place. So, so what? Yeah, you can still participate, participate fully. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been good in that way, and even with the, some some of the uh, the pre-recorded stuff we did previously, it just meant that even with a uh, you know a poor broadband connection, you could still get some some of the content and still still learn. Mm. Um, and then what we we did during the summer, we used to um, have a a ten minutes mentorship session with each kid. So actually, that was you know having ten minutes. You know, just just with you and and the young musician um, was really invaluable and, and something you wouldn't really get in group classes. So it was actually an advantage to doing it online. 
Yeah, so, and now we, I suppose we better move on to the details of the, the summer camps, I suppose, because they are kicking off next week as far as, I believe, the, the first week in August and carrying on throughout August. Um, yes. Yeah. Sorry, you go ahead, Auntie. Sorry. Um, yeah, so um, they're running throughout August. Um, so there's a number of um, instrumental workshops. Um, so we have an uh, electric guitar workshop that's age 13 to 18. That's every Tuesday in August from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. There is a, a ukulele workshop aged 10 to 14 every Tuesday in August from 2 to 3 p.m. Uh, drum kit workshops with Mark uh, here. That's aged 13 to 18 every Wednesday in August from 6 to 7 p.m. And then we have um, Olin Pipe workshops uh, aged 10 to 18 every Saturday in August, 10 to 11 a.m. Uh, beginner and 11 to 12 p.m. intermediate. And then myself and Mark are running the uh, songwriting and uh, sound production uh, camp that's aged 13 to 18. So um, I guess we're learning to teach um, young student musicians uh, how to write and record uh, songs as part of a group um, and kind of learn um, the basics of music production, loops, uh, beat making, things like that. Um, so uh, just for this one in, in particular, uh, students need to have access to a laptop or a desktop computer with a webcam just because of the nature of the software that we're using to go kind of uh, more into the music production side of things. Uh, they would need to have that available to them. Well, I suppose they have that anyway, won't they, if they're able to join in? If, if most Are most of these being done, are all of them being done online or is there some face-to-face? -face? Uh, I think these are all online for the time being. Yeah, we do have um, actually the final couple of days of the songwriting and music production are, are actually going to be in studio. So the young musicians will be coming in to record some parts and, and participate in in some uh, musical pieces, some songs um, that we'll ha they'll have. They'll go basically. They'll they'll go home with at the end of the uh, at the end of the course. Yeah. So there will be some to... some in person stuff. Always great to have something to take away with you and something tangible. That just here's here's what I did on my camp or my summer course or whatever. Mm. Lovely, lovely to have that. Um, so you'd be able to manage, obviously, if it's the face-to-face the -face stuff, the, the appropriate social distancing requirements and all the rest. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, it'll be gen usually, um, you know, three people in in a studio max at once, and yeah, they're they're big, 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 big enough rooms, so mm. we'll, we'll manage just fine. Mm. I mean, this is this is great. I think, as far as I understand it, part the whole ethos around uh, music generation is uh, is reaching out to to uh, young people who mightn't otherwise have access to music and music generate music creation and participation in performance and creating or and even recording music and all of that uh, and, and obviously the, so these uh, summer camps and workshops are uh, going to touch an awful lot of bases in, in relation to that but is there a follow on then you know further on or does it continue on throughout the academic year although this academic year might be very challenging but in general um, you know is it, you don't just pick up young people give them something really exciting and then just drop it no, we have, um, it, it, it will be running on f uh, for myself. We're, we're actually going to be doing some in-person uh, drum uh, lessons in, in the drum in McDonough Junction. Uh, there'll be small groups, so we'll be able to ma maintain social distancing, but we'll be starting those up again in September. So uh, really looking forward to, to uh, doing some face-to-face some -face stuff and yeah. you know, hearing, hearing drums at a, an appropriate volume instead of um, uh, you, through a computer you'll speaker. You'll be doing that yourself as well, Anthony? Is that part of the deal of being involved um, in music generation? 
there's nothing uh, set uh, for me in terms of I'm um, a course coming up in the future, but there will be other uh, workshops and ongoing courses lined up for the future, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, which is great. So it's back to um, I suppose where where both of you came from, being pro- kind of professionally involved in in the music business, creating and recording and performing and all the rest. Uh, this this time of year, I suppose, would normally have been really busy for you both, I presume. Um, yes, there'd normally be uh, music festivals uh, throughout the summer, live gigs. Um, I'm currently uh, working on a new album, um, so I may have already released a couple of singles from that at this stage and be working on music videos and things like that. But um, just because of COVID, I wasn't really able to get into into the studio at the dates that were planned and things are rolling out a little bit more slowly. Mm. But um, it's kind of offered some time to reflect, I suppose, and um, work a bit more on other different personal projects and things like that and take stock. And you, Mark, you mentioned earlier on, I think that you're quite relieved in a way not to be manically going around from gig to gig. Yeah, and so in some ways, you know, I, I miss I miss the the energy of of, of playing, you know, in, in a room with with um, a few musicians. I've, I've had the opportunity to do it, to do it a couple of times um, in in more recent weeks. But this time of year, normally I'd be um, getting ready for electric picnic. I, I usually work um, at electric picnic, so um, it's usually manic, but just in front of a computer doing all, all kinds of uh, admin stuff and getting getting a stage ready to to launch. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's not happening this year. Whatever about the prospects for all of that stuff resuming next year, I suppose. Um, just back then, before we leave you go, uh, Mark uh, Colbert to Nancy Donnelly, thanks again for joining us. Um, the summer camps and summer workshops uh, for Music Generation in Kilkenny starting in the middle of next week. Are there still places available? There are uh, yes. places available. Excuse me, sorry. Uh, there are some places available still. Um, they are getting limited but um, you can find the information the best place to really get it is if you go to our Facebook page that's um, Music Generation Kilkenny um, you'll find that on Facebook you can direct message us there and um, you can get uh, more information there there's also some posters and and much more information there so all of the um, dates times and age groups that Anthony mentioned earlier can all be found on Facebook so that's an easy way to get it and And, uh, information presumably about anything that people need I know you mentioned browser and stuff earlier on Anthony but if there's anything people need to have before they go along like well the fundamental thing is if it's not an instrumental do they need their own instruments um, yeah I mean it depends uh, on what they'd like to do of course it's open to singers and things like that but if you have uh, guitar players it would be useful to have a guitar um, keyboard players it could be useful to have a, access to an electric piano or something like that but uh there are ways to do everything just with the laptop. If you'd like to play in music, you can use your keyboard, things like that. So um, there's not too many restrictions in terms of needing specific things. Well, that's great. Great part of a bit of being, being inclusive and uh, open-minded about everything. It is with different ways of creating music. And of course, you can even tap against glasses and make all sorts yeah. of sounds in different ways, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> with with whatever you have at hand. Look, it's been great talking to you both. I hope you I hope you get as much crack and enjoyment out of the the summer camps and the workshops as a lot, I'm sure a lot of the all the participants are going to, and they'll be all buzzed up by them. And uh, hopefully, yeah, the, the same will apply to both of you as well. And thanks a million, Morris. Uh, uh, just quickly, uh, would it be possible just um, yeah, sure. for people who make Music Generation possible, just to say a quick thanks. Um, it was initiated by a music network in 2010, but it's co-funded by uh, U2 and uh, the Ireland Funds, the Department of Education and Skills, and uh, local music education partnerships uh, led by Kilkenny and Carlo ETB. 
um, in partnership with the county council. So just thanks to all of them for making it possible and making it available to the student Great. musicians. Uh, yeah, and just just to reiterate that these uh, these summer camps are all free of charge. Uh, and that the uh, courses in September uh, won't be free of charge, but they're all um, subsidised. So the, you know it's very, very good value for for um, all of the content. So yeah, so that should be a major attraction, all right? We should have mentioned that earlier on. Free, yeah. Workshops <laughs> and summer camps and Facebook page Music Generation Kilkenny, where people can go and find out more or try and book in if there's still places available. Thanks very much for joining us here in Community Radio Kilkenny City. Anthony Donnelly and Mark Colbert. Lovely talking to you both and have a great weekend. All the best. And there you go, two lads, Anthony Donnelly and Mark Colbert, both dubs from Music Generation, but uh, living and working here in Kilkenny and about to embark on the Music Generation Kilkenny's summer programme of camps and workshops and fair do some sounds like as if they will have great crack with uh, all the participants there. Thanks indeed also to Carl Fennan from Near FM and his guest Catherine McNicholas from Healthwave about uh, pill pods and also earlier on the show to Alan Kelly, President of the Inland Waterways Association of Ireland. That's all there's time for from me today. I'll be back with you again on Tuesday. Do stay with us here in Community Radio Kilkenny City and have a good weekend. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.